Welcome to the Inspirations News Podcast, sponsored by Quebec's only newspaper devoted exclusively to the news of the special needs community. Tune in regularly to hear uplifting success stories, learn about resources, and gain timely advice in the area of special needs, featuring experts in various fields. Here's your host, host, Mark Bergman. Welcome to another episode of the podcast as we talk about a support concept called Circles of Support whereby families of those with special needs create a network that provides peace of mind, supports, and help. Joining me on the show are Evelyn Lusthaus, who has a support circle for her daughter, Hannah, who has Down syndrome. So happy to have Hannah joining us on the podcast as well. Also with us is Hannah's longtime network facilitator, advocate for people with disabilities and their families, Nancy Rother. And I asked Nancy to tell us a bit about the what and why of a circle of support. Well, Circle of Supports are, are a group of people who come together uh, around an individual um, who may need support for a variety of different reasons, uh, being vulnerable, uh, you know, perhaps having a disability, perhaps being older, being isolated, uh, having a mental health concern, whatever might uh, kind of generate the need for a group of people to come around to be really looking at how we can support the individual and their family. And, uh, uh, you know, it was originated many, many years ago by, by, by a group of families who were very concerned about what would happen uh, with my son or daughter when I'm no longer here to care for them. Um, and who would, who would really know them and who would really care about them uh, right, uh, Hannah's nodding. Um, so uh, it was about bringing together people uh, who would be aware of uh, the needs of a person, but who would come into relationship with them or who were already in relationship with them and looking at how can we uh, be a part of their lives now to help uh, support and uh, problem solve, but also to enjoy together, to deepen our relationships, and that we are in place uh, should uh, more, you know, more help and support be needed in the future um, as parents age. Evelyn, when was the first time that you heard of uh, about circles of support? To tell you the truth, I don't recall. I think it could have been from Nancy. Yeah. Um, and it was she who approached me. Uh, we knew each other well and told me about uh, what she called support networks. And she knew that my husband and I were new to Montreal and had no family here. And even though we had friends, we didn't have longtime friends. We didn't have natural people to support Hannah. And we were very aware that um, if something happened to us, we traveled quite a bit and we were very worried that if anything happened to us, that our children who have special needs would especially suffer, what would happen to them? Like Nancy was saying, often it's with people who are getting older, but for us, even though we were in our thirties, it seemed very a very present concern. I think it's a concern for people in the thirties, even if they have family, uh, around them because it it doesn't make it easy to necessarily reach out to that family to do this. And so when Nancy said that she would be the person to reach out, 
it was it was liberating and wonderful. Tell me about that barrier of being not afraid to reach out, but apprehensive to reach out to people. It, it, it isn't easy. We expect to help each other now and then, I think, generally speaking, at least in the maybe the cultural place in which I live and the socioeconomic place in which I live. I just met somebody this morning, actually, whose mother had had a stroke. And this young woman... Um, told me, oh, she brought her mother home to live with her. And so many people said to her, oh, why did you do that? And she told me, she said, well, how could, or they said, how could you do that? And she told me, well, how could I not do that? And so in that particular culture, uh, which is a very, very close family knit culture, she just would automatically expect her mother to come and live with her if her mother needed that. And she said that when she grew up, her grandmother came, her grandmother lived with them. Hmm. So this was just a natural thing. I think in my generation, that's not, that wasn't so common, or at least in my life, let's say in my world, in my world, we expect to help each other sometimes we expect, you know, if I'm in the hospital, my brother comes to from out of town to take care of me or my sister comes from out of town to be with me. Or I'd ask a friend. Friends will always say, oh, if you need my help, give me a call. And I could do that two or three times or maybe a half a dozen times over a few years. But I would feel very awkward asking somebody over and over, can you help me? over and over again. And I would feel awkward asking them, could you even make a commitment to help me and my family and my children? Well, over your lifetime, unless something happened to you, that, that is a barrier that I would find difficult to cross. And I think that's, I know even in my contemporaries, my friends, I think they would feel the same way. I do. Yeah. I think I could add as well in my involvement with many, many families that, you know, this whole notion of asking for help, it's like, it's three words, they have enormous implications because it really uh, lays bare our vulnerability, uh, which is very hard to reveal. And we also, we feel like, oh, we, we shouldn't have to ask for help. We live in a society where we're supposed to be so kind of um, self, you know, uh, self-capable. Uh, we should be able to handle all this by ourselves. You know, we, it, does it represent a failure that I need to ask people for help? And so it, the society really that we live in has has attached all these layers of, of meaning that I think create the barrier. But then, in fact, the reality, uh, again, in my experience with families who have uh, done this, is that uh, many, many people say yes, uh, and because asking others uh, says to them, I trust you, I value you, you have a contribution to make, and I honor, I honor that. And people like to belong as well. The network of support is not just about one person. It's about a group belonging to something meaningful and important and having relationships with each other and having a, a role to play. Hannah, I'm going to ask you in a couple of seconds about a couple of people that are in your circle. 
But I just want to continue just on this notion that uh, it doesn't have to be, it's not a for life thing. People come and go in and out of the circle. The circle evolves, right? Yeah, I, th- I think it can. Although I think in Hannah's network, maybe because the people are so wonderful and so committed, they have all basically said that they would be there for her over a life, over her lifetime. Unless, of course, unless, of course, they, something present, there was something that presented in their lives that made it impossible. But Nancy, you could speak to that much better than I. Well, I think also the um, you, you're you're right, Mark, there can be, you know, a, it's shifting, it's dynamic, right? And even of the people who are involved, and we might say they represent a core based on what's going on in their lives, they may come in and out, or they may be involved with less intensity at at one time and then more at another because we're all living our lives. And that's the whole, why the concept of the network is so key and why it works so well is that it's not just one person. There's a, a group of people who are, you know, connecting with each other. And so if I need to withdraw for a period of time because the, the needs in my uh, immediate family are such that I, I don't have as much time, I don't have to feel badly about that, that there's other people who will be there and I'll come back in in a more intense way when I can. And definitely, and we've had these discussions most recently, is like we, we do want the circle to be sustainable. So we need to be looking at, well, maybe we need some younger members. Sometimes you look around and you say, oh, everybody might be of a certain age and uh, uh, maybe we need to bring in a second generation uh, and, and being aware that we want this to be sustainable. So what does that mean in terms of who who is a participant? Hannah, can we name some of the people in your circle? Ashley, Nancy. Yes. <laughs> tell me, tell me a, about your relationship with Nancy. What kind of things do you do with her? We go, we go out and we, and we, and we, um, we walk. We take it to walk. And then we sometimes we to a, a restaurant or a, uh, ice cream and stuff and that. And how does it make you feel when you go to a restaurant with, with Nancy? Amazing. Does, eh? Yeah. Okay, so we know we have Nancy. Who else is in your circle? Um, Paula. What kind of things do you do with Paula? Paula, same thing. And I also have Miss Marlo. Yeah, Linda. Linda Marlo. A lot of times you go to her house, huh? Yeah, I'm going to her place. They are. Okay. Yeah. Karen. Yeah. Karen, tell me about Karen. I don't know Karen, so you have to tell me about, about Karen. Can you help me? Yeah, sure. Well, um, didn't you talk to her class? Yeah, I talked with her whole class. Wow. She's, She's a, a teacher, teacher, and Hannah spoke to her class. And what did yeah. you speak to her class about? My life. About your life? Yes. Was that, was that fun, talking to a group of people? Or was it yes. scary? A lot, of, a lot of people find it scary. Not for me. It was fun? <laughs> yeah, you like talking to a group of people and telling them about your experience? Yes. Good. Yeah. And uh, your sister, Sarah, is also in the network. Yes. Tell me a bit about Sarah. Well, I was, I was, I was with Sarah and the kids that, I, that she has. And so I stay. How long? Well, about three, three or four days. Yes. In her place. In her place. Oh, sorry. When your mom, when I was having an operation, remember? 
don't know how many days. It's about three or four. Three or four. Yeah. For three or four days. And yeah. I have all you, these people. Uh, Mark, that, uh, that Hannah introduced many of the m- members of the network into uh, hip hop and Zumba dancing. With, without, <laughs> without her, we wouldn't have tried it, but because it's a passion of hers, well, a lot of us have tried it and gone for class. How did they do? Are they good dancers? Um, or? His name is Mike, like you. Okay. Well, and who's that, that was your teacher. My right? teacher. And now I have two Mike. <laughs> you have two Marks. You have me and the Zumba teacher. <laughs> yeah. And tell, uh, tell what happened to you. Oh, yes. Well, I went to her Zumba class with her, too. But unfortunately, I pulled my hip. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, <laughs> when I did a big jump and for the happy song with uh, Bruno Mars. <laughs> it, it's not so easy to Zumba, Hannah, right? <laughs> it's not Are so you... easy. Now I'm, I'm on with Victor Flores. Mm-hmm. Okay. Zumba. So because you're a Zumba fan, I assume you're also a music fan, Hannah? Yes. What are some of your favorite songs to listen to or some of your favorite artists? I will, I will say like um, um, everything. Everything. <laughs> yeah. I like everything too. I just love everything. And I hear you're a sports fan also. Somebody told me. Yes, that. I am. What kind of sports? Well, I, I got my favorite one and that is um, Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee what kind Bucks. of sport is it? Um, basketball. Basketball. Yeah, I hear there was a relationship with the, was it the Concordia? No, that's when I was at the Concordia. That's different. Okay. Yeah, but tell him what you did at Concordia. That's what he means. What job did you have? It was, um, I was was a scoring, what was, how do you say it? Scorekeeper. Scoring keeper for these stingers. For the Concordia stingers. That's so much fun. But guess what? What? Something happened. What happened? Help me. Go ahead. Help you. What um, happened? Your boss thought you should take. And your supervisor thought you should take another job. Another job instead of that, that when I told you. Be, because the rest of the day wasn't very meaningful. I mean, she had a great time with those stingers for years and years. It was yeah. fabulous. But the rest of the day wasn't terribly meaningful. Yeah. And he wanted her to have a more stimulating environment. So eventually in, in, in encourage her to change jobs. Okay. But she's regretted it. Okay. She's regretted it all for the rest sometimes, of the Sometimes, sometimes, you know, we need to evolve and we change jobs and that's, that's, yeah, that's what happens. He so. pulled me out. He pulled you out. I know. <laughs> so the, I know. the circle, uh, um, Evelyn keeps her, keeps her very busy. Yeah, sure. We were just talking about um, now, uh, it would be really great for uh, Hannah to have her, for example, on Sunday afternoons, she usually doesn't have much to do. Um, and so we were just talking with Nancy that uh, we're going to have a meeting and probably different people in the core circle and some in the broader circle, because there's other people who also love to interact with Hannah and hang out with her. Uh, 
we'll set up a schedule with Nancy to do something special on Sunday afternoons. Yeah. So tell and me about the meetings, Nancy. The circle meets uh, every every couple of times a month, or how, how do the meetings work? There isn't. We ha- we haven't run it in terms of having a regular schedule. Although some, you know, they're very individualized. So some people who have networks of support, they they choose to have more of a regular, you know, once a month schedule or once every two months. Um, we've kind of done it kind of in a as needs if Hannah wants you know to gather us together or if Evie you know has something she wants to talk through with people or if I think we should because we're we talk about a variety of different things sometimes it's about like what can Hannah do uh, through the month on Sundays and that we're all going to plug in but at other times we're talking about big life issues about what what's the future going to look like and uh, and and work and and living and sometimes with Hannah too we've helped to resolve some some situations she was having in her social life right so it's a there's a variety of, of things that bring us together in addition to just gathering to stay connected and to you know in the old days share a meal and share share our joy and uh, you know kind of uh, reinforce our, our connection so so I think in the past year, we've been meeting a little more often than uh, we had in the previous years because there have been just more, more kind of life decisions uh, to be kind of parsing together. Evelyn, you spoke to me about uh, peace of mind. Tell me about peace of mind and, and, and what, what it gives you. I don't even have words to express how important this support network has been to me. Because I think when you have somebody who you love so much, uh, who you know... Has, For those who can't see, there's a group hug going on right there. <laughs> who you know has some vulnerabilities, so much to give, so much to give, but also who has vulnerabilities and who can't just live autonomously. Yeah. Um, then I've not, I've met many, many parents of children with special needs. And as Nancy said, it could be other people too who are vulnerable for other reasons. But I've met people, many parents of people with special needs and every single one of us uh, is concerned about what will happen in the future. And when you know that there's a group who's helped you through various decisions, difficult times, sometimes just joyful times, but the difficult times, and who who love your vulnerable child, even if the child's an adult, but who 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 love them and who are committed to them, it brings an enormous peace of mind. It, I can't imagine anything else replacing it. Even when my husband was alive, it brought us peace of mind. It's not just that I'm a single parent now. Um, it's it's a sense of togetherness, joint uh, a joined commitment, and you feel like you have a circle around you, a trampoline below you. That if you fall off that. Um, if you fall off that rope, you're going to be caught and your daughter's going to be caught or whoever it is who you love is going to be caught. It doesn't mean it will be easy. The catching might be painful, 
but you're not going to drop through the ground. And it's, it's enormously comforting. Nancy, I see you shaking your head. Talk to me about peace of mind. Yeah. You know, um, when, when I first kind of uh, became aware of this whole concept and, and, and learned about uh, PLAN, you know, Planning Lifetime Advocacy Networks. It's an organization out in, in BC that really began this. Um, and I, I listened to what they were saying and I had been involved with many, many families. And, you know, the, the lives of somebody uh, who can be more vulnerable because of a variety of reasons, but disability in particular, it can be dominated by paid paid services and paid workers. And there's a, a lack of, of more of the informal uh, network that many of us enjoy because we're kind of out there in community and uh, people were kind of going missing. And it, it was also about the opportunity to contribute uh, to others and to share their, you know, Hannah's lovely gifts and the passions mm. and mm. that. And, so much to us in the network uh, and to make a contribution, which is what citizenship is all about is making a contribution. Um, and, you know, we know from, we know from studies that the, uh, the quality of our lives is so impacted by the extent and quality of the relationships yeah. in our lives. That's the most important thing. Um, and so more opportunities in all spheres of life to be forming relationship is so key to helping somebody live a quality of life that we would all want to enjoy. And what's really important about the network is that along with it is that you're, you're trying to create that safety and security uh, along with this, um, you know, the relationship so that that brings the peace of mind. But there are many eyes uh, out there and there are many relationships and many connections. And that's what keeps us all safe and secure. Before we wrap up, I want to talk to people who might be thinking uh, that they need a circle of their own. Uh, but Hannah, your mother spoke so, so, so nicely about you and the things you do. Tell me a little bit about your mother. <laughs> Tell me about her. We want to hear more about her. We want to learn about her. Tell me about some of these... She's amazing. She is. Why is she so amazing? She's, she's my mother. <laughs> <laughs> so cute. Hannah, it was, uh, it was amazing talking to you. Is there anything else you want to say about the group of people, about the circle of support? I love it. You do? <laughs> Why is that? Because I love the people I have. It's all about the people. And Nancy, like you were saying, it's all about the relationships, right? Yeah. If there are people listening that are thinking, I need a circle for my son, for my daughter, for someone in my family, how would somebody go about starting to, to, to even think of one? It just sounds like such a, a monstrous task to build. You know, the plan has uh, has resources on their website and, uh, and they have a kind of a connecting organization called the Plan Institute. Uh, and so there's there's information, very accessible things to read about how would you start a network and what are the essential elements of that. Um, and they even have an online course about it that you can take. It's a, a self-paced, self-directed, so you could learn more about it. Um, 
And, you know, you could speak to your local organization to see if they are aware of families uh, in the community who have done this that you could, you know, talk to and learn from. Um, and uh, it's not so hard, you know, it's about sitting down and starting to think about without thinking yes or no, who might I invite in just to come and sit around and talk um, without trying to second guess whether they would say yes or no. Um, and because usually people say yes. Hmm. Evelyn, do you have advice uh, to other families who are listening now who, who might want to start and thinking back to, uh, you know, how you started and, I mean, should it start organically, of course, with the people closest to you? Where, where, where does that first step come from? Probably organically to the people closest to you and to closest to the person who you love. And Hannah's network, they're people who really come from relationships to she had uh, herself, uh, who, already, who already were in relationship with her and who already where there was a give and take. And if that's not the case... Um, or if, if the families don't know who in her school or in her social, social workers or social services are people connected with her. And if the person can't tell, well, then it may be, it may be start with uh, organically with the family, with neighbors, with people, you know, kids on the block who maybe she grew up, who they grew up with. Um, as Nancy said, the experiences that people say, most people say, yes, they, they, so many of us, so many of us feel that the world has so many problems. We're aware of it. We, we, we all kind of carry the sense that we wish we could do more, that we wish we could help. And I have found that the people who are in Hana support network and the times that I've helped other people, of course, are so meaningful and that when you can find a way to help somebody and to you gain from it yourself so much. So um, I, I would just encourage anybody who's interested not to, not to hesitate and not to be as shy as I was or as reluctant as I was to reach out. I love it. <laughs> Hannah wants to say that she loves it. Huh? Yeah, you love it. I think that's a great way to end it. Hannah, thank you so much for joining us. Thank you. You're welcome. And uh, Evelyn and Nancy, you too. Thanks for joining us on the podcast. And thank, thank you. you, Mark, for having us and for making this concept more well-known. It's a treasure. For more information on circles of support and support networks, pick up a copy of the Inspirations newspaper or visit inspirationsnews.com. You've been listening to the Inspirations News Podcast with Mark Bergman. Make sure to subscribe to this podcast and the English Montreal School Board Podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening.